Welcome to Beyond the Bio, a podcast that shares the stories of our extraordinary people from their own perspectives. You can read their bios online, but those hardly scratch the surface of who they are and the great work that they're doing. I'm Keith Bevins, a partner and global head of consultant recruiting at Bain. Joining me today is Lalit Reddy, a partner who's worked in several offices around Bain. And today we'll talk with Lalit about his background, his career path at Bain, and his work opening multiple offices around the system. Lalit, welcome. Thanks, Keith. Glad to be here. Well, uh, you and I met a long time ago when you started in the Chicago office as an AC, but I actually didn't know much about your background before that. Can you bring people up to speed on your path into Bain way back in the day? Sure. So just maybe you guess a little bit about my upbringing and where I come from. So I grew up most of my life in India. My dad was an officer in the Indian Army. And so he was a lifer, military man. So he asked us to travel with him. So my brother and I grew up all over India, a few other parts of the world where my dad was stationed. We ended up coming to the U.S. because after he left the Army, his job took him there in the mid-90s. And so I did my last two years of high school in the U.S. And then the plan was my dad was supposed to be there for a few years. So finish high school, do a year of college, and then move back to India when my parents moved back. I did that. So I did one year at the University of Michigan, decided, you know what, this is pretty awesome. I want to stay here and finish up college. So stuck around at Michigan, finished up there and started my career. In terms of work, you know, in terms of the path to Bain, as you said, back then, we're talking early 2000s, the University of Michigan was very much a finance school if you studied business there, which is what I studied. So I spent my summer just following that path. I worked at Goldman Sachs in New York, great firm, had an excellent summer. But I realized that, you know, investment banking wasn't the right path for me. And, you know, I wanted to do something more on the business side as opposed to the financial side. And so that took me down the path of strategy consulting. And so my senior year, I recruited all the consulting firms, was fortunate enough to have options across the big three strategy firms. And for a variety of reasons, felt like Bain was the best place for me to start my career. And that is what led me to Bain Chicago, where I met you, Keith, I guess over 15 years ago. Incredible. You said you moved around a lot in India, but you also moved all the way over to the U.S. relatively later on in your sort of growing up in your upbringing. How much did you move around in India and what was it like coming to school in the U.S. for the first time? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I sat down with my parents and actually counted up how many schools I went to because it was one of the things I put into my business school applications when I applied. And the high school I graduated from was the 14th school I'd been to. So in India alone, I probably went to like maybe 11 schools in India before graduating. So traveled around a bunch. And, you know, the moon in the U.S. was hard because most of the other places I'd been in were either in India or sort of close neighboring countries. I moved to the U.S. when I was just about 15 and a half, is halfway through or towards the end of my sophomore year. And moving to a new country in high schools, it's hard. Moving cities in high school is hard. So moving from India to the U.S. was fairly rough initially because fundamentally different culture, you know, little things like we wear uniforms to school in India, you know, much more casual in the U.S. In India, you stay in one class all the time. In the U.S., you move from class to class. Just a very, very different system to get acclimated to. But I think, you know, a combination of things, you know, I played a bunch of sports in high school, so I played soccer. So that was a good way for me to, you know, make some friends and have a social circle. Being an army brat, I'd moved around a bunch. So this kind of change was new, but change in general was not too new. And then there was a bunch of friends who just really kind of took to me because I was the new kid from a different country and were really nice and helped me acclimate culturally. And looking back on it, it was really a shaping and 
and character building experience. But in the moment, it was tough. It was it was quite tough. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about your moves around the Bane system because you've sort of kept that trend of moving around on a regular cycle pretty consistent. But let's keep going down the career path. So you joined Bain as an AC, as you said, a little over 15 years ago. What was your journey like at Bain Chicago? If I remember correctly, you were here and then you weren't here and then you were here and then you weren't here. And I think that pattern sort of repeats itself throughout your career. Yeah, that's a pretty good description. So I started in, at Bain, you know, in, I don't know, I think August, so summer of 2004. And again, being, as you alluded to, growing up the way I did, I guess I get a little antsy after being in one place for a while. So I remember in late 2005, early 2006, I went and spoke to our staffing manager in Chicago and I told her, Hey, look, I really am interested in traveling internationally. I'm from India. I know the economy there was really starting to open up and grow. I'd love to go work there. And Chris said, okay, let me look into it. We didn't actually have an office there. You know, you forget how quickly Bain has grown over the last 15 years. But back then, we didn't have an office in India. And so she said, look, I know we don't have an office there, but let me look into it. It almost sounds like a made-up story because it's kind of, you know, things moved so quickly. But within an hour, she reached out and said, you know what? It's really funny. You and I spoke this morning, and it turns out we are actually going to be opening up an office in India, in New Delhi. And there's a partner from Boston who is actually leading the charge for us, and he's going to give you a call. He wants to chat with you. I said, okay, that sounds good. Let's do that. A few hours later, I remember I just gotten back from lunch. I got a call from this partner, Ashish, from the Boston office, and he just talks to me for 10 minutes, gets to know me. You know, I guess he was kind of assessing whether I'd be able to work in an unstructured environment, be a little bit entrepreneurial. We have a quick 10 minute chat. I remember this was a Monday and he was like, hey, can you be in Delhi like next Monday, like a week from now? And, you know, the power of youth, I was like 23, had nothing to tie me down. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And so that's how I came over to India. And then actually, as you said, it's been a cycle. So I moved to India, was supposed to be in India for six months, ended up spending a little bit over a year in Delhi, helping to build that office, scale it up, then came back to the U.S. to go to business school. So finished business school, came back to Bain in Chicago, spent about 18 months. And then Ashish, same guy, called me again and said, hey, we're opening a second office in Mumbai and would love for you to come down and be involved with that because, you know, you added some value when you were in Delhi. So the plan was for me to go to Mumbai for a year, came to Mumbai, absolutely loved it, ended up spending two years actually in Mumbai, at which point I got married to my wife, who's an American, and she was sort of like, you know, get back here. So moved back to the U.S., again to Chicago, spent about three years and then Again, history repeats itself, got another call saying, hey, we're opening up our third office here in Bangalore in the south, which also happens to be my hometown. And would you be interested in coming down this time around? And I said, absolutely. You know, the last two ones have been a great experience and moved back here. And it's been almost four years and we absolutely love it. It's been an amazing experience. So lots of bouncing around, always in that India-US corridor, but uh, it's been a great experience each time. What was the promotion path like? Because I think some people get concerned about moving around and building that network of strength and getting those promoters around the system. But it sounds like, I mean, you were an AC in Chicago and India. You were a consultant, I think, in Chicago and India, if I got the timeline correct. But, you know, even from manager to principal and now partner, what have you been doing to build that network of support around the system as you move? Yeah, you know, I think Bain is Bain and people trust each other's ability to assess what someone's doing well, assess what someone needs to work on, assess whether they're ready for a promotion or not across the system. So, I mean, it's been a pretty seamless process for me. So I, when I moved from the U.S. to India the first time, I was up for senior associate consultant when I was in India. 
and I got promoted. And then when I was moving back from India to go to business school, the decision about whether I would get promoted to consultant, whether I would get sponsored by Bain to go to business school, those decisions were made jointly by the India team and the US team, and that worked out fine. When I moved to Mumbai, I moved sort of at a what someone might think is a tricky time frame because I'd spent 18 months as a consultant. I was up for manager over the next 12 months, got staffed on the right kinds of projects, had the right kind of mentors here in India. I got promoted somewhat early to manager here in India, and then spent a year as manager here. And then I was moving back to the US. There was a little bit of trepidation around, hey, I'm moving back as a manager. You know, am I going to get the right kinds of roles to make the case for me to be a partner, you know, a few years down the road? Worked out just fine. I got promoted to partner in the U.S. about three years after I moved back. And then ever since I've been back in India, which was about four months after I got promoted to partner, again, my trajectory has been really positive. Folks have trusted me to do things that they would have trusted me to do even in the office where I originally got promoted. So it's been quite seamless that way. I think the processes that we have in place, the trust that leadership teams have in each other across the system, and then the consistency of the culture that we've built across the firm, I think those things come together to really make the promotion process fairly seamless despite bouncing around a bunch. Really neat. One of the things we talked about in an earlier episode was how do people build their crew, which is part of the framework that we talk about when it comes to thriving at the firm. It sounds like, I mean, like most people from Michigan, the Wolverines show up here with their own crew sort of built in from day one. You certainly started at Bain with a crew from Michigan, but how have you gone about building your crew in two different countries around the system? It sounds like Ashish is probably a part of your crew, although your wife might want you to get caller ID. So next time he calls, you guys don't have to up and move. But <laughs> yeah, how have you thought about keeping up with those networks you know, when you're sort of 12 hours apart from people and literally have you know, mentors and mentees around the system? To be very honest, yeah, you're absolutely right. I showed up with a crew from Michigan, a bunch of folks in my start class, a bunch of people a few years ahead of me, and then, of course, more people that came behind me. But, you know, the ability to build my crew, it's been pretty organic in that sense, because I genuinely believe that Bain people, in terms of the culture and the support they have for each other, I don't think there's any company out there that's better. So it's a rich kind of pool from which to (laughs) align with people or pick your crew from. What I've basically done is let it come to me. So the people who I really enjoyed working with, the people who I really enjoyed being around, the people whom I respected in terms of what they were doing at Bain and what they gave me in terms of advice, I just stayed in touch with them. I didn't go out there and say, look, I need two managers, two junior partners and two senior partners in my crew, split 50% between India and the US. That's not how I went about it. I knew the people that I worked with that I really, really had taken a shine to, admired, liked working with. And I knew that it was sort of a mutual kind of feeling and they felt like they were invested in me and wanted to look out for me and help me with my career. And that's pretty much what did it in terms of identifying those individuals. It was very, very organic. And I think the part that's tricky is maintaining it across different parts of the world. But I think as Bain is unbelievable about all the opportunities you get to stay in touch with those people, you've got all the trainings that we set up and the trainings that you go to where you meet these people. You've got our global meetings, whether it's the partners, whether it's different practice areas, the times that you get to spend there. And then it's just a collegial culture, right? So we travel a lot for our job. And when you're in different parts of the world, you take the time to catch up with folks socially, fill them in on what you're doing, get their feedback. And I guess one of the things that's been cool is, you know, when there's particularly sensitive topics, you sometimes want to talk to somebody who's not in the same office as you, 
to get their frank advice. And that's another way I've stayed in touch with people over time. So it's been a pretty organic process and it's been pretty easy to manage, actually, despite moving around a bunch. I was going to share almost the same sentiments you shared at the end, because I end up meeting a lot of people through training or through the Bain World Cup or at some of the regional and global meetings. And now when I travel, I try and find people in every office. Anytime I'm in the office, I try and grab breakfast or lunch with people that I've known over the years. And as you sort of build out your career, you know, I look up 23 years later and you know, half of the people that were my training group for ACT you know, in 1996 are still here. It's an awesome network of people. So, you know, I feel like I have a lot of really close friends in the Chicago office, but you know, I'll be in London in a couple of weeks. I'll be in Singapore in a couple of months. And I have friends in those offices, too. And it'll be great to reconnect with them when I'm moving around the system. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about something and a perspective that I think you can share that's a little bit unique with folks, which is you've actually been a part of, it sounds like, three startup offices at Bain. We've been opening offices for the last several years, but you've been sort of right there from day one in a bunch of different offices. And I want to talk a little bit about what that experience is like, because there's certainly, you know, practice areas and client successes that I know you've had throughout your career. And I've seen some of them, you know, pretty up close and personal. But you also have a unique experience of you know, being one of the people at Bain that's probably been around for as many office startups and scale ups as anyone. How is that journey gone for you? And what's the learning curve like as you sort of open that first one, open that second one, open that third one? Presumably you're getting better at it because Ashish keeps calling you back. But you know, what's that journey <laughs> been like? Yeah, that's debatable if I'm getting better at it. But I certainly keep doing it. First, it's got to be rooted in what our goals are with opening new offices, right? So the goals are pretty clear. We're not in the business of having a P.O. box somewhere and saying, you know, Bain has an office in X, right? That's not what we're trying to do. We open up offices because we feel like there's a set of things we need to believe if we're going to open up an office somewhere. We believe that there's a compelling business reason to do it in terms of local demand that justifies it. We believe that there is both a demand from the perspective of talent. People want to actually live there. And there's a benefit from supply. There are people that you can get by opening an office in a given area. And we want to end up at scale. We don't want offices to be tiny one-person, two-person, three-person outposts where we just get to say, okay, we've now got an office and put it on our website. We want to build a culture, a scale presence that reflects what we are globally in each location in which we open an office. So I think it's important to keep in mind that goal with which we open offices around the world. So that was pretty clear to me right from the beginning when we first opened Delhi. Maybe I'll just share a few learnings from my perspective. I think the number one learning for me really is when you're opening up a new office, cement tends to set pretty quickly. So the culture that you lay out from the beginning is really, really important because that just snowballs over time. So a lot of the things I remember that we put in place when we opened the Delhi office. So, for example, the tradition we have of the Bain office bands, we made it a point to have this setup. It was called Bain the Band, which is, you know, Punjabi Da means Bain's band. We set that up because we said, look, we want this to continue. We set up a mechanism to essentially allow the social calendar, the cultural calendar, the rules that were in place in terms of how we wanted to function, making sure people were spending Fridays in the office, getting to know each other. We set up this office charter to say, you know, we're a small office. There's like 10 of us here at this point, but let's put down what we all expect of each other and then hold each other accountable. And that's actually still stuck around. Delhi is a multi 
hundred person office now. And a lot of those themes still stick around and a lot of that ethos is still there. So I think just being very, very thoughtful upfront about the culture that you want to set up and investing upfront to do it, I think was a huge learning for us. The second big learning really for me is we know how to do this. We are by nature, entrepreneurial. We are by nature the ones who are kind of the underdog that's going to kind of really, really grow very, very quickly because of that entrepreneurial nature. So just need to think big from day one. I remember in Delhi, we picked one office, we outgrew that in like two months, literally two months. Then we picked another office, we outgrew that in six months. Then we went to a really big office, which we were able to stay in for a few years. And so in Mumbai, I think we were a little bit more ambitious, but still ran out of space within the first year. But in Bangalore, finally, we kind of were really, really ambitious. And the first office we opened, which was in 2016, it's now, you know, towards the end of 2019. And we're probably just about to outgrow it and looking for new space. I think being ambitious, trusting what we can do as a firm and being a little bit more expansive in, in our ambitions is another lesson that we learned over time. And then I guess the last thing I'll say is the importance of people at every level of the organization. You know, whenever you open an office, people can't be doing what they believe their quote unquote role is in a given silo. You need people to be multi-purpose athletes and do different things. I remember when we opened the office in Delhi, as I said, I was a second year AC. I was like 23 years old. I was doing everything from looking at different office spaces to see where we might want to sign a long-term lease to going with the managers and partners to client pitches, to helping the partners think through which schools they wanted to put their kids in, kind of all these different things that were potentially above my pay grade, above my, what someone might say my maturity level would be. But I think when you're opening up these new offices, you really get to unlock the human capital that you've got and everybody across the stack gets to do more than they would do in potentially more mature office. And I think if you do that intentfully, you can basically make the scaling experience a lot more fun for everybody. So a random assortment of thoughts, but those are a few thoughts I had on learnings for me from opening these offices. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about setting the culture right on day one. When I joined the Chicago office, I think we were probably two or three years old at the time, and we were about 60 people. You know, my incoming class was massive. It was 12. I think we're going to bring in north of 60 this year at the AC level. But yeah. even though we've grown from you know, 60 to 600 during my tenure in the office, the culture still feels very similar. And I remember what it was like to scale the office. You know, the first day we got a PA system, we thought it was the end of civilization as we knew it because we were just going to lose contact. You know, and then you fast forward a couple of years yeah. and now we're on two floors and we'll never be able to maintain the relationships we had when we were all on one floor. You know, and now we're in our third building, our fourth sort of significant space with multiple redesigns and rebuilds, and we're still as close as we've ever been. And I think that you know, the lessons that you articulated of not only just putting that culture down on paper, but holding people accountable to it, even when you're small, I think really is important. What's been pretty cool is the consistency. Like you, I've traveled around the system a lot and had a chance to meet a lot of people in different offices. And it takes like 10 or 15 minutes to feel right at home hey, where's this? How can I do that? And they'll stop what they're doing and help. And I experienced that all around the system. It's really cool. It even makes just travel easier, that being comfortable. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I went to Japan and I just reached out to a couple of folks there that I'd met at different trainings. And 
it was the most welcoming experience even getting there, right? To a country that's a very different culture from what I grew up in. So totally hear you. You feel at home very quickly. It is pretty cool because I think a lot of times when I visit an office, I'll do exactly the same thing. Reach out to somebody either on the recruiting team or that I know from training or that was a, you know, a trainer or somebody I worked with on a case team. And I think a lot of people take pride in their office. They take pride in their culture and they're sort of eager to make sure that your experience is good. And when you wake up jet lagged from a flight and you don't know exactly what's going on, you're a little disoriented. They do go that extra mile to take care of you. I know I've certainly been appreciative of that as I stumbled off the plane around the world. Well, as we start to wrap up, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask for some advice for people as they think about their career. A lot of people like to have things sort of super planned out. A lot of people that we're recruiting that we see on campus that we hire sort of have their 15 year life journey on a chart somewhere and think it's all going to sort of go according to script. And it seems like you've managed to sort of hit your longer term goals, although not knowing what any individual step was going to be like. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like for you sort of balancing sort of having a planful approach to your career and sort of going with the flow as opportunities come up? Yeah, I'll answer the question as honestly, but also briefly as possible without doing a death march through my 15 years. But very candidly, when I came to Bain, I wanted to do this job for two years. So I thought consulting is a great place to start my career. At that point, I had a long-term interest in doing something in consumer products or maybe sports. So I'll do this for two years and then I'll move on. And then I came here, ended up spending a couple of years, really liked it. And I thought, you know what, if I do this for a little bit longer, I'll learn more. And then if and when I decide to leave, I'll end up going at a, you know, if I do consulting for five years, the level at which I'll join a consumer products company will be much higher and more interesting than if I went and joined a consumer products company right off the bat. So that's how I stuck around, went to business school, came back. The other time that I guess I thought a little bit seriously about doing something else was when I was a brand new manager. I'd only been at Bain through that point in time. And I said, look, let me try and do something else. Anything that I found interesting, I would go interview. I interviewed for a job in Hawaii, interviewed for a job in South Korea, ended up getting these offers. And then I think about it and say, you know what? I don't want to leave. And one of the people who actually gave me an offer, very nice woman. And she said, look, I just feel like you're not being intentful about this. So instead of interviewing and then deciding not to do something, why don't you just think a little bit more about whether you actually want to do this or you're actually happy where you are. So maybe, you know, around the time I was around 30 years old, I just sat down and put down, you know, on paper, all the different attributes that were important to me in picking a career in terms of, you know, the usual stuff around compensation, lifestyle, role, industry, those kinds of things, but also the softer stuff around is culture important to me, which cities am I open to living in and so on and so forth. And I went through that exercise and it was pretty obvious to me that what came out of that was, look, either I want to be in consulting at Bain or I want to do something on my own, which would be my own business. And so it gave me a lot of clarity and I've stuck to that path and it's been extremely rewarding. Will I eventually go do something on my own? Probably. But you know, when the idea and the opportunity comes up, I'll do it. But I know that with confidence, I went through that exercise. I didn't try to overplan it for the first few years of my career because I really wanted to you know, learn more, which has been great. And then when I did plan it, when I knew that I was mature enough and clear enough to know what I wanted, I didn't try to control for the answer. The answer came out to be consulting with Bain. And so I followed that path. And the minute I feel like I'm getting bored or my development is atrophying or I'm not excited to come to work, you know, I'll think about what's next. So I think the advice I would have is obviously be mature about it and make sure you are doing this job for the right reasons. But I wouldn't be too planful about it because it's frankly, it's probably a bit of a waste of time to do that up front. 
So Lalit, why don't we end there with the advice that you shared and people will hopefully learn a lot from your journey. Thanks for taking the time to dial in. I know you stayed in the office late tonight so that we can get a good connection. It's early here in Chicago, but doing this even by phone, it's just great to catch up and hear a little bit about your journey. So thank you very much. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond the Bio wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you soon with a new episode.